New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com We're really glad that you're our friend And this is a friendship that'll never ever end What's up, everyone? It is Sunday night, August 11, 2019. This is your WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view recap. I am not alone tonight. I am joined along with... Kev Castle. What's up, everybody? And uh, we have a treat. We only do this, what, one or two times a year, it seems. I am joined along with the the trio. I I think... What was it? Corey, Corey Graves said tonight that AJ Styles and the club are the three most dominant men in WWE right now. I guess he forgot about the WWE World Heavyweight Smoke and Mirrors Champion. But the true three most dominant men in wrestling right now are John Draper, <laughs> uh, Joey Numbers, uh, Anthony Missionary Thomas. I, I wasn't expecting to do that, but I was just thinking about what Corey Graves said earlier. So, you know, a, a lot of uh, misquotes tonight on the show. But uh, I don't know. SummerSlam is in the books. You know, uh, Seth Rollins proven that he turned it around, that the ratings are getting better and he's more of a draw and uh, he's not getting booed by fans anymore. So let's put the WWE Universal Championship on him. Yeah. <clears throat> Problem <Pretty> solved. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis averted. Yeah, uh, what do you guys think of SummerSlam tonight? A lot of issues. I mean, can we can we first talk about how many physical issues there have been? Uh, WWE addressed it online that they were having a lot of uh, connection issues. Some people, even in Discord and everything else like that, were complaining that their signal would just randomly drop often. Yeah, tonight. it did. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of audio sync issues to the point where I had to just turn off the audio and just watch closed captioning because my audio was anywhere between six to 20 seconds behind. So you can't watch that. Are they attributing that niche to too many people? Is that because it's too many people watching? 
I don't know. But if you notice, I, I don't know if it's like the same thing with the, the dashboard for like the Xbox and the Roku and everything else. But WWE has changed the network dashboard. So that's completely different. Obviously, they were broadcasting out of Toronto tonight. I don't know if that caused other issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were. it was just kind of a mess tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, what, yeah, well, what, I, you could, I, what, what you could see, I, it was 50-50. Half half the matches were good. Half of them were give or take. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was it was an all right show. I mean, the stuff that was good was very very good. Uh, I predicted most of it. I was pretty happy about mm-hmm. that. But uh, there's a couple of things that happened where you know you're looking at it and you're going, there was really uh, like the the whole Randy and Kofi thing to me that just left such a bad taste in my mouth to do yeah. on one of the big pay per views. It was just stupid. That's that. That's something you do on one of the bullshit throwaway ones that, you know, is supposed to be a build up to something like SummerSlam. And for them to do that and for people to boo it, it was rightfully so. But no, it was, it was 50-50 for the most part. You know, um, I really enjoyed most of SummerSlam. Um, I thought some of the matches needed time to build. I kind of kept my comments about SummerSlam off of the net because I didn't want to tip my hand on a lot of things. Um, I was very, very happy for Goldberg. I have reiterated it numerous times that WWE was going to right the wrong that took place in Saudi Arabia. I don't care about how great Matt Riddle is going to be a star, and he's extremely talented. There's no denying that. There's no denying that he could kick the fuck out of my ass, but uh, that guy's a barefoot pussy. I absolutely love that they cued his music up three times and the crowd ate it up and for anybody out there that thought that Goldberg was going to do anything otherwise tonight as far as a short match either is barely out of somebody's uterus or is just flat out fucking denial after 20 something years Trish Stratus, the match needed to develop a little bit. She's 43 years old. She is rarely ever in the ring, let alone in a singles match against arguably the top female competitor in pro wrestling right now that has all the tools, charisma, mic ability, talent, tells a story, you know, just really, really knows how to put it together. Um, But... You know, Kofi Kingston, I also, when I talked about this on the other shows, that I really thought, you know, since he won the title at Mania, that with all of the chemistry that he had with Randy Orton in years past, because they did have some great feuds back in the day, that this might be the match that when you go back and look at Kofi's title reign, you could say, you know what? He really, really fucking proved it in that match against Randy Orton. And I'm sorry if this is an out-of-date reference. The only reason why I do it is because I only have a few special effects in my mixer. But for anybody that is an old-school Yankee fan that remembers Robert Shepard, I think it's safe to say, now batting for the Iconics, number two, Coffee Kingston. He is now the Smoke and Mirrors champion. I mean, the Iconics were piss poor pathetic. And yes, Kofi Kingston defended the fucking title over and over and over and over and over again. He's a great fucking talent. But WWE has just taken that championship reign and just pretty much showed everybody what they actually think of it. 
Maybe magical moment, maybe great guy deserving of getting this run. But at the end of the day, I think the WWE brass looks at it and it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a feel good. You know, it's, it brings everybody together and happy. But is it really drawing ratings? Is it really selling crazy merchandise? Is it doing this? And if you're going to say that he's got the towel because it's based on merchandise, then the New Day would have been a try WWE heavyweight champion when the fucking serial came out. I don't know. I, I enjoyed most of the pay-per-view, but there were a couple of things tonight. When they sucked, they sucked bad. When they were good, they were great. No, I, I agree with what DT said about Kofi Kingston's smoke and mirrors champion. That's actually a perfect terminology for it. I agree with you about Trish, too. I just, didn't you guys expect, am I delusional here? I expected a bigger reaction for her. I just thought she had a better exit than an entrance. Let's put it to you that way. Why do you think they were so eh about her when she was coming out? It was very tepid. And because she's the, seen around town all the time, or yeah, not everybody in the crowd is like a grown person, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I saw, I saw what people were writing online, and then I saw Joey Numbers starting to school people, and I was like, you know, not not everybody, but you were like right on point. I mean, not everybody in the crowd is over the age of forty. WWE has not showcased Trish Stratus enough in recent years, and Agreed. you know, it's just. She, That's the biggest mistake. Is well, well, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Then why wouldn't that be the same for Goldberg? Goldberg, Goldberg was a showcase at a WrestleMania. Go- Goldberg fought Kevin Owens. Whoa, 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 whoa. Goldberg, Goldberg was universal champion. Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in about 30 seconds. Goldberg fought Kevin Owens. They did a WWE fucking 24 on the guy. The guy went to Saudi Arabia. The guy has done a lot of moments in the ring, and they have kept his name around. He actually had four or five matches that were I get it. I get it. But I'm saying she's been around, too. She was in the women's evolution. So, so because somebody's around, we're supposed to treat everybody exactly the same. She's a Hall of Famer. She's not a. It's always Coca Beware. Oh, come on. You're comparing her. No, 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 I'm not comparing her. I'm just saying, like, you can't say, well, because Goldberg gets a crazy pop, that means Trish should get a tra- crazy Dude, pop. In our, home, in our hometown, where I thought was, she would get Where a was the I'm talking about our home. I'm talking about our hometown. She did get a great, great pop tonight. At the end of the match, she got yeah, a great that. she got a great pop when she came out. I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know what kind of pop people expected. I don't know if everybody wanted to hear. That one was a polite. Oh, it's nice to see you. Welcome back. You know, we haven't seen you in a year. This was great. This are we are we having a discussion, or we're gonna like? Uh, do this. I mean, what are we doing here? No, we, I'm just, I'm, saying- I'm just, I'm just trying to explain. I mean, I can't speak for every Canadian fan there, but you know, let's put it this way: by the end of the match, the Canadian fans really opened up to Trish, and I think she proved that she still has it. But maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, the only two Canadian people that really did get a great reception tonight were Edge when he came out in the pre-show because people don't see him and Kevin Owens because there was uh, some sense of believability that he may actually win a match. Well, Brock got a good reaction, Joe. Uh, well, he's not a real Canadian. He's, yeah. He's Who? not a real Canadian. Who's, who's not a real Canadian? Who's not Brock. Yeah. Brock is a Canadian. Well, he lives in, what, Saskatchewan now or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. he's not. He lived there for a bit. <laughs> nobody, nobody assumes him as the Canadian guy. Canadians like, you know what do. I mean? Canadians are proud to call Brock their... Uh, 
their their partner, eh? I thought yeah, Kevin man. Owens got a tremendous pop tonight. <laughs> I, it, well, that's it, what I'm talking it, about. It felt the, like the, Daniel the, the, the Bryan chance. Big, you know? It felt like Daniel yeah. Bryan chance. I thought it was great. Uh, and well, I'm glad that they didn't do any stupid swerve with Kevin Owens being fired than not being fired. I mean, that that felt like a typical old school match where you would have this over the top stipulation that after the match is over, you're like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I actually thought for a minute that this guy could possibly lose? You know, it's one of those steps that you know is not going to be fulfilled, but the match was still great nonetheless. Told a good story. It was. Yeah. I agree. No, I mean, that's that, the, the, like I said, you got the people that are there that they knew were going to be able to do something. Nobody's sitting there going, oh my God, Nat, you know, Natty Neidhart, she's going to have her moment in the fucking sun. You know what I mean? Natty's been pretty much irrelevant on the show for a decade. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk oh, about I, that show. The fans weren't that into her. No, well, not no. at all. Well, that's it. She wasn't, she was doing nothing. And then they gave her a big, you know, two week build. And they're like, geez, Christ, why isn't she getting a, you know, a hero's reception? Because nobody well, once believes. again, they, they were talking about her leaving again. So that's why I was personally underneath the guide that Natty might have won. But as soon as they had her as the opening match, I, I knew she was. Look at Beth Phoenix when she made her return to the ring. Honestly, it didn't seem like many people gave a fuck about her either. I think, you know what I think it is about Trish and Beth? Mm-hmm. I, that's why I've said many times, I think out of all the women from yesterday, I think Lita probably gets the biggest pop of everybody. But um, I think the problem is, is that WWE has focused so much about the women's revolution and that the attitude era and shortly thereafter was mostly bra and panties, which it really wasn't. You go back and look at Victoria and Jacqueline and Molly Holly and everybody else that also wrestled. They actually did very well in the ring. I think WWE has spent so much time trying to make the women of today so superior over the women of yesteryear. Yes, the women of yesteryear paved the way and were pioneers. But that's like also saying that baseball players in 1900 who paved the way that weren't named Ruth or Garrick, that they paved the way for baseball stars of today. But something tells me that every baseball player from the 1900s would probably strike out foolishly looking at a Randy Johnson or Max Scherzer fastball. You know, just because you paved the way doesn't mean that everybody's always going to show crazy love and pop for you. And WWE has neglected a lot of people from yesteryear. They may think that they could showcase them on the attitude. They always talk. When you look at the attitude era, you go on the network and you look at it and you see everybody that we always talk about. But if you actually think of the attitude era based on what WWE has said on television last 10 years, you would think that the entire WWE attitude era was DX, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Mankind. They ignored everything else for the most part. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, maybe the night after WrestleMania, Trish would have gotten a monster pop, you know, because you have the hardcore of the hardcore fans because they're the ones that are really empty in the pockets to go see the event. But tonight, Canada, SummerSlam, nice summer night. Hey, kids, you want to go see some wrestling? And, you know, a lot of people, honestly, are just too young to really soak in uh 
Trish Stratus. Like, is that we what it did. is? Because I really think that that has nothing to do with it. I'm pretty sure Canadians are diehard wrestling fans, especially the ones that show up there, young or old. Right. I think it more along has to do with the idea that this entire feud was Kaka's between Trish and Charlotte. And <laughs> it was. It went back and forth. At first, Char- Charlotte was chasing Trish. Then Trish was chasing Charlotte for some fucking reason. It, it, it wasn't built up properly. And then by the time it was actually go time, it, they, they didn't have anything in the ring together. Their chemistry was really bad. There was And by the way, Charlotte is a lot bigger than Trish. Well, that too. Charlotte was huge. You guys don't think that this match ended up being good? I thought it was a very good match. I thought it was great. I thought it was yeah, good. I, thought it was, I thought it was great. I, oh, I didn't say well. I didn't say it wasn't good. I just, I just, I don't know. Well, I no, you, you actually didn't. You said it sucked. Yeah, I said it was boring. Did I say it sucked? Yeah. Well, you know what? For the first part of the match, it looked like it was going to suck. I no, mean, no, I, I said no, no, no. I said the Natty uh, match sucked. I didn't say. Trish oh, we're match. talking. I thought we were talking about Natty still. Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, talking about. Yeah, that. we were. Ta- I thought we were talking about that. Right. Oh no, 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 the Natty match. I did say suck. That is true. I actually thought. I thought Natty Becky Lynch was actually good. Also, I thought that it told a decent story. I mean, you know, you could pretty much see what WWE just has gotten so fascinated with. I'm surprised Seth Rollins didn't fucking throw F5s tonight. Too many wrestlers are trying to hit the finisher of the opponent. You know, if you notice, you'll see multiple matches on every pay-per-view where one wrestler will use the other person's move, and you know the other person's never going to fucking tap out or get pinned from it, but they try to hype it up. Oh, my God, Natty has the fucking whatever, the disarmor on. Oh, my God, Becky's got the fucking sharpshooter. Oh, my God, Trish Stratus has the figure eight, even though she looked great at doing it. Oh, you, I just, I'm sick of seeing so many. I mean, they did it back in the day as well, but it's so glaring now. And, but as far as the Trish match, I thought it was great. I thought it told a great story. And again, the fact that she's not in the ring much at all, uh, you know, it did feel like a retirement match. I, I don't know if this is actually it for her. I mean, I don't know if she will wrestle again. I mean, she is 43. She still has, you know, some years left in, in the caliber of, you know, having a match. But I don't know if she's going to be in the ring again. You almost feel like a WWE 24 special is going to be coming out for Trish Stratus. And it may, that probably should have came out six months before this match. Yeah, my favorite thing actually about Trish's match was that uh, she actually was selling and it was confusing the referees. I don't know if you guys noticed mm-hmm. that. <laughs> like they were going up to her like, is she hurt? It's like, no, guys, that's called selling. <laughs> did you see that during the match? Did you see that bump that she took outside the ring? And they they were trying to yeah. you know portray it that she fell on a tailbone. That looked nice. I mean, it just looked she she she. I thought it was a good good match. I mean, it was. Yeah, you know, Trish looks great, but here's the thing, though, and I think I said this on Thursday. I think the crowd just knows that there's this isn't going anywhere. So why do you want to get invested in something that's not going anywhere? <laughs> You know, they're kind of like the broad that, you know, meets you on the dating site and she thinks you're nice. And she's like, is there a future here? Because if not, I don't want to fucking do this. No, like, but there's, that's, no, there's that's, no future. There's no future in Trish. So why that, do I have to get so excited to see somebody that I'm not that that it does? It's just a it's it's going to be gone by tomorrow. You know what well, I mean? So well, couldn't you say the same thing about uh, Dolphin Goldberg? There's really nothing to that except a one shot deal. Yeah, but I don't think it's fair to compare Goldberg to Trish. I don't even understand how no, that would be a comparison. I'm because talking Goldberg about, was talking like about a, the, the, these random appearances. Yeah, the ran- I think the crowd also is getting burned down on random appearances, don't you? I mean, we just yeah. had a whole show devoted to it two, three weeks ago. Exactly. And it popped you the know? best rating in a while. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, did. And then those people went back to too. watching Matlock fucking reruns because they don't want it. Because they're not Bruce, emotionally, Punky, Punky maybe Bruce. Punky Bruce, because they're not emotionally invested in any of these people. And the reality is, there's no way that Trish was going to win that match. Like nobody. No, ever. I don't think anybody picked. Did any of you guys pick her to win it? No. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did? did. Yeah, I thought you would win it. I thought at least one female Canadian was going to win tonight, and I certainly did not think it was going to be Natty. So I thought, yeah, you know, Trish would maybe sneak a victory in there to show that she could actually <laughs> still hang, but, you know, that that wasn't the case. Um, I mean. You picked Trish too, Kev, by the way. Did you I? You did? Yeah, you yes. picked Trish too. But- I, I was I? like, I was like, cool. I was like, at least you know, we we both should picked her as well. Did I pick Trish? Because I, I, I know what's Wait. his name. Who's the guy who does the, uh, the poll? Trish. The poll. Yeah. Who's the no, who's the guy who Seth. runs the uh, Seth? Seth. He, 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 I I just woke up like this morning and he hit me up and I wrote. I could have sworn I wrote Charlotte, but I guess I wrote Trish. Oh, I wrote Trish because I couldn't spell Charlotte at the time because I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I would have just. I would have. I was half Flair. asleep. I swear to God. I would I would just write Flair or just write Woo. <laughs> oh and by God. the by the way, see, is that the most honest answer you're ever going to get? I swear to God. There's no way that's not true. There's that's no true. way that's not true. No one would have done that. You know, you know what I would have. So I picked Trish. No, you know what I would. I would just wrote not Trish. Yeah, I oh my god! The other girl, <laughs> the other white meat, the other, I'm, the older brother, the other white. Never, meat. never said I went to college, ladies and gentlemen. The American. You know, the you know what, though, I, to be fair, I don't think there was a really bad match on the card. Mm. Like I think for the most part, uh, the match, Dolph, Dolph match. Well, I don't even count that. I don't as a count match. that. That's that's like yeah. a skit. I mean, when Goldberg has a match like that, I mean, I, I saw people bitching, and I, I was going to argue. I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. It's like a skit. What would you rather have? Would you rather have maybe Edge spear Elias again during a pay-per-view? And then people will write, you know, that three-minute segment with Edge spear and Elias, that was fucking awesome. But instead of getting a talking segment, you got Goldberg spearing the fuck out of Dolph Ziggler. I mean, you know what I mean? Not every match should have a star, you know, rated to it after it's done. I mean, this is entertainment. Everything is supposed to be done for different reasons, supposed to fulfill different niches and different, you know, aspects of the the entertainment. You got the feel-good moments. You got the letdowns. You got the surprises. You got the returns. You got the re-debuts. I mean, Bray Wyatt... I, I fucking loved it. I just thought it was almost Pollock category, even though I said I would never use that word again. I mean, f- just think of the whole storyline. Finn Balor doesn't know how he's going to, you know, handle the fiend. You know, blah, 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 blah. I've had Bray Wyatt before. So in storyline, if there was ever a time for Finn Balor to combat the fiend by being the demon, he comes out with no fucking face paint or nothing. And that's because WWE does not want the demon have any type of uh, defeated streak in on pay-per-view. The demon has an undefeated streak. So they did not want to use the face paint. And because he didn't go out as the demon to combat the fiend, I thought the whole storyline was, as Mish would say, cacas. But yeah. uh, and don't forget they, they had Finn come out in all white, like you know, like um, to stress yeah. the good versus evil thing. Like the subliminalness was there. You know what I mean? I I yeah. fucking loved that head that they had at ringside oh, yeah. with Bray Wyatt's right. face. I thought that's great. I I too bad they have the hole in it because I would love to see that worn too. Um, mm-hmm. I just wonder. 
Like, you know, I've, Mish and I were talking about this on Breakfast Soup. That mask, you could just tell it is 200 degrees under that rubber. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless he's only going to have three, four well, minutes. It's got an open back. It's a lot like the cane mask. If you took a look at the back of it, he's got two huge, it looks like uh, uh, like cotton straps or something in the back of the head. And it's got two big buckles on it, like the, the, the flaps, but it's open in the back. Yeah. So even though it's covered up in the front, it's a lot like the old cane mask mm. where it's completely open in the back. So it might be warm on the face, yeah. but it's not like he's not getting ventilation. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, canes and mankind's were more leather, it seemed. And yeah. but this looks more rubber. I just, yeah. I wonder if at some point, if he is going to continue this where he's battling his inner self, that he doesn't want to do some of the things that he's doing, that maybe he rips the mask off during some matches, you know? Kind of like that he's battling between the Fiend and Bray Wyatt, but all in actuality, he's probably like, oh, oh, it's too fucking hot. Oh, gotta take this mask off. Gotta figure out a way to take it. You know, it, but I just thought it was great. It, I thought the arsenal was good. I yeah. like that they continued the mandible claw. Originally, it mm-hmm. seemed like it was just used for legends, so they because they couldn't take his finisher. But if he's starting to have his inner demons and using a mandible claw and uh, along with his finisher that he always did, Sister Abigail, I think that was great, and the fans loved it. The fans ate yeah. it up. Oh yeah, I think it was a great debut. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, they got to separate everything from his past Bray Wyatt character as far as I'm concerned. Because to me, that whole thing is, okay, the music, little remix on it, good, cool, great, worked well, you know, matches the new character. People coming out, going dark, then putting their phones up, cool, great, good. But everything in the ring needs to change. One of the things that made Bray ineffective wasn't his promos, wasn't his character work. Hell, it wasn't even having him lay down all the time. It was the fact that the shit that he did in the ring was not becoming of somebody his size, somebody who was his character. And basically a lot of the stuff he did was really kind of generic. He was a very kind of generic guy. And you can say, oh, well, he did the backbend. And it's just like, oh, fuck. But everything else was, you know, FCW 101 bullshit. That's all it was. Well, Joe, do you think that some of the stuff slowed him down because maybe before he was a little heavier and he couldn't do certain things? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. He was, even tonight, he was bumping around a little too much. I thought right. he was. I agree with that. Absolutely. Just a, a little too much where it's like, he's supposed to be, I, you know, I am man from hell. I am here to wreak havoc. And it's like 170 pound Finn Balor and his whitey tighties is kicking you around. <laughs> I think but Finn Balor should have been taken out on a stretcher, especially if he's going to be taking time off. I mean, something... If, if he's taking time off, that was a god-awful way to take time off. You want to play it off that he's fucking injured and Bray Wyatt just destroyed him, him, annihilated him. Didn't necessarily have to squash him, but in the end, after the match was over, maybe Bray Wyatt just fucking destroys him. Puts him out on a stretcher. You know, we, you know in storyline, Finn Balor's got serious injuries and he disappears for a few months. No, it's true. But does everybody agree that everyone's feeling the carrot now that we've seen him wrestle and we've seen the presentation crowd in the ring? Everybody's everybody's cool on it. Let's yeah, just hope they yeah. don't have him wrestle every week. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's the thing too. Like, is that how effective is that going to be every week? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like everyone's well, well, talking about the lantern tonight, but then if you see it six more times, you're like, oh, it's the lantern. What the? Well, what about man? Well, what about mankind? Did you feel that way about him? Like when he first came out, attacked Undertaker and put his hands. No, but out he built. No, but he built. He built up. 
Sorry, go ahead, John. No, I'm yeah. sorry. He, he built that up over time. In the beginning, mankind was like, ah, uh, he's okay. It wasn't until they really let him loose and cut those crazy promos where his voice was going up and down. And that's when it really, like, you know what I mean? I mean, prior to Hell in a Cell, mankind was not huge on everybody's radar. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? Well, well, remember the time we saw him wrestle four times in the TV tapings in New Haven Coliseum? Remember yeah, he wrestled? I know they, well, they, they did a bunch of shows that we saw him four times come out. But um, his mask evolved too. Didn't, was His mask was completely different when he first came out. And then it started to change a little bit over time, uh, the mankind mask. Yeah, the more he talked, the less you saw of the mask. Because yeah, it's true. Uh, but, but again, you made he made you forget about Cactus Shack because we all knew about Cactus Shack from WCW and everything and ECW, of course. But really, he, Mankind, he really made that a new character where you stop thinking, oh, that's Cactus Jack in a mask. Mankind became its own. I think The Fiend will do the same thing in time. Yeah. But he also kept, didn't do the same moves as Cactus Jack. He mm-hmm. did different moves. Yeah, not only that, when he came in as Mankind, they did not reference Mick Foley much at all. And tonight when he came out, you know, like the fiend is more of uh, like his like an alter behavior. You know, like it's his alter ego. With mankind, he was mankind. It wasn't that mankind was an alter ego of Mick Foley. It wasn't until they really did those uh, vignettes where Pretty Jim Ross was Foley. yeah. Well, Jim Ross was interviewing Foley in the back, and then he did right. the mandible claw, and they were showing you know Mick Foley growing up and they, him jumping off the roof. But mankind was the character, you know, they they're calling it the fiend, but they're also using Bray Wyatt in the same sentence. And I think that might have been a little bit of a mistake. But the reason why I don't think it's a mistake is because if you watch the Firefly Funhouse segments, he is without mask. When mankind was doing his promos, hyping up his his, you know, when he first came in, you didn't have promos of him as Mick Foley. Uh, it was just mankind, and that was it. This right. time around, they're utilizing Bray Wyatt as well. Oh, it's true. I, I like what they're doing. Like so far, they haven't fucked it up. Let's just put it that way. And and that was a good. It was a good debut. Solid debut. Yeah, yeah. So, Sonic. They didn't reference the last name Foley when <clears throat> mankind first came in. No, I don't think so. I think they were still doing that deny anybody's from anywhere kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and to start a new character kind of thing. They, yeah. they just got to keep this going by not getting too excited. You know, this is what happens. They get good receptions. People get, you know, they get overexcited. There's no other way to describe it. Instead, Hopefully now it doesn't become, and here's the fiend in a 17 minute long match. And he's sitting out there like this is a dude. He needs to have four minute long matches. They need to be quick. They need to be done. Uh, maybe not even on TV twice a month and then put in pay-per-view matches. And this is like, it it needs to be built that way. They need to take their time. It can't just be, Oh, cool. Everybody thought it was great at the pay-per-view. Now let's blow our loads on it, which guys, what about the, what about his other alter ego? What about the Mr. Rogers thing? Well, it would be interesting if they worked on some sort of way where he was, uh, you know, not necessarily doing promos, but he could say, you know, do the vignettes where he says, you know, you know, I don't like what I've been seeing on TV recently, like those types of things. That's okay, but for them to show the character, to show the mask, and to show that entrance with the fucking severed head and shit, you can't do that every week, man. You do that every week, and it loses its its complete mystique. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a like Halloween movies, right? If they pump those out every single year, which they've done in the past and fucked the franchise up because of it, no. they said it went downhill. 
you got to space it out. Like you can't see it every six months. You can't see it every, you know, (laughs) year. Especially in modern day, people get so bored with things so quickly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. You're you're seeing people go, uh, this fiend thing's awesome, but you know, they're already saying three, four months. And it's like, well, that's on WWE to not make people already sick of it by that time. What did each of you think of his new music? The, the revamp of his theme music. Well, I just found out that's uh, Code Orange, Kev. Oh, that's Code Orange playing? Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's that right. was Code Orange covering his original I didn't know theme, I didn't which know is kind of weird. That's kind of that's trippy. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mesh? It's all right. It's not bad. It was a fun re-listen. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun change. Uh, everything is being changed about what we know from former Bray Wyatt, so it's a positive. You know, and DT, what'd you think of the music? I liked it. I think they need to add one extra verse to it because uh, when you start repeating it, when it sounds like a legitimate track, which it really does, I think yeah. you have to you know make it a little bit more than just like uh, ninety seconds or a, a buck forty-five. But I thought I thought it was very good. I thought it was very good. I like how it gets you know it starts building uh, throughout the song and then it gets mm-hmm. a little bit more you know intense. I think that's absolutely needed. Um, I know this is nitpicking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about at the beginning of the song, you actually hear him say, yowie, wowie. That made me think, feel like Freddy Krueger, like comedy, you know, Freddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if this well, is supposed uh, to if you, I don't know if you guys have actually stopped by WWE shop or whatever else and taken a look at his new merchandise, but he has oh, a yeah. ton. I am buying the puppets. Twenty fucking things. Oh, they're selling the puppets. Yeah, I'm buying the puppets. I already have them. Really? They're on pre-order. Yep, dude, and they're actually made out of cloth, so it's it's not like it's uh, some cheap plastic thing. No, but what are the what are the puppets? The puppets are what are they? Hand puppets? What are Mercy the Buzzard? Yeah, Mercy the Buzzard. uh, uh, The other one. What are they? Uh, what are they going for? DT? How much? Thirty-five. Forty bucks. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, forty. Forty plus with shipping. You ordered them all already? I they're on pre-order. What is it? The uh, the three? Well, uh, I'm which, I'm trying uh, to get a little Patreon package together. I'm trying oh, nice. to get an autographed Bray Wyatt, but in the current you know fiend outfit, yeah. not old Bray Wyatt. So I have tons of old Bray Wyatt stuff. I'm trying to get all the puppets, get a signed photo. Uh, the guy that uh, that I talk to that gets me all my WWE stuff. They're actually doing an autograph signing with Bray Wyatt very, very soon. He's going to be signing a whole bunch of Fiend stuff. In fact, I I was told he might even be signing some of these puppets that will be sold. Yeah, most of them will probably pop up on eBay. But, uh, you know, the the puppets, the quality looks excellent. And it's not like a cheap knockoff. I mean, you look at them on uh, WWE Shop and they look identical to the ones in Firefly Funhouse. They have the Vince McMahon one too. Yes. Oh, oh nice. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's oh, there's someone's putting up a picture of them on the chat. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, they look they look great. They look great. So uh, they nice. they are going to be on the desk, especially when the video podcast launch. I will definitely have them featured. So nice. Yeah. Um. So are we doing any real match order tonight, or are we just? Um. I I mean, I'm sure people are cool with it either way. I just uh. We actually got into quite a few matches already. Um, we didn't talk much about uh, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. I mean, Seth Rollins, uh, look, I don't know how much he turned the fans around by the end. 
uh, in storyline, it's absolutely moronic to be taped up like that and do a frog, frog splash to a table, do an elbow or yeah. something else instead. But, you know, not only has he regained the belt, but it, it seemed to me that he got a huge number of boos when he first came out for his match. Yeah, yeah he did, actually. He really did. I mean, he put on a good performance. I, I, I really didn't think he was going to win. I was kind of surprised. I thought they would do some clusterfuck and this would continue <clears throat> to, have to get more sympathy from, but I guess they had to kind of hot shot it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to think right now. Cause I, let's be honest. In the last week, Rollins has been uh pursuit on grotto. When you really think about it, I mean, he's been uh, and nothing positive has been said about him. You know, I mean, every, everybody's been kind of downtrodden with him. Does, like you said, does this change anybody's mind tonight, his performance in the uh, ring? I don't know. He got a decent ovation when he won, uh, but isn't that the standard procedure when you win a title? I think they need to get away from the whole man's man thing. It, it was it was a nice attempt by WWE, but I think it failed. I mean, look, there's a core audience of WWE fans, a lot of women, a lot of young fans that are into like, you know, the reality TV and relationships and all this other stuff, which is totally understandable. They loved the fact that the, the real life couple was featured on TV. But I just think, you know, you cannot make Becky Lynch this tough persona and then actually have a real life boyfriend on camera and then try to have some type of relationship dynamic without her being the really nice person that she actually is. I think, you know, she is not this asshole in real life. And that chemistry between the two, look, Mish, you and a lot of others brought up great points that it started giving people the impression that they're not actually dating in real life, that this is all a rouge because it just felt like there was no chemistry or connection whatsoever. That's not good when two people are actually really dating and they're trying to have an on-air you know, relationship as well in storyline. I think they need to get away from that, and I think they need to seriously consider turning Seth Rollins to a heel. Even though they need somebody to be, well, you know, the milk toast baby face. Behind, it has to do with the creative behind the actual relationship. Joe brought up a great point. Uh, he was throwing it up on Twitter as well as I think he had it on Facebook too, where he was showing a, a promo that Becky just recently did where she's just talking naturally and it come it came off really well yeah. as opposed to her us- usual rhetoric that she throws out there. Very choppy and, and, and just nonsensical, you know, it's just <laughs> Becky's promos lately have been garbage. And so yeah, here's a terrible. good promo that she's done. We know she's capable of talking well. She's She's got good charisma about her. So the entire relationship that they've staged up is probably really bad for them only because it, it feels unnatural to them. Right. That's probably not even how their relationship works. Right. Well, it, it, was, it was it was funny to me how they were denying left and right. And you could see, you know, Seth going online and even Becky going online too. Oh, yeah. People don't think that we have chemistry. Ha, ha, ha. How dumb are they? Well, boy, the company sure pulled the plug on that little relationship real quick, huh? Right. Even they they realized it was the shits. Right. And (laughs) just because they haven't featured it for one week or two doesn't mean that, you know, people are forgetting about it that quickly because, trust me, you go on WWE's website, they still showcase them as a couple quite a bit. 
So maybe on television because of the last two weeks, because Becky had to do the storyline with Natty, which would make no sense for Seth to be involved with that, and vice versa. Why would Becky Lynch be involved in the storyline while Brock Lesnar is beating the fuck out of Seth Rollins? You know, we joked about it last week. I, I did it on last Monday's DTKC. Seth is in the ring going, oh, like Darth Vader. I don't know if I could take it anymore. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, why would you even have Becky come out to that? What could she say? You know, what am I dating an idiot here? What am I dating a pussy? Snap out of it. You know, fucking beat him. You know, win like like Adrian. They should have put her yeah. in a coma and then wake up. You know, you know, yeah. you remember Rocky too. Win, yeah, Rocky, right, Rocky too. You know, and he could have set doing the training and the fucking bells in the background. He could have been running up and down Philly and beat Brock Lesnar for the title. But nah, we ain't getting no Rocky fucking remake. Nah, nah not with Seth Rollins. I mean, look, Seth Rollins is the guy. I praise him for defending WWE unwavering because he has so much pride but honestly i think this piece of loose leaf paper next to me has more charisma than seth rollins you know if he, you take away the burn it down that the fans chant and the entrance music what do you really have as far as a connection with seth rollins i think the the, the wrestling fans only have Three, their English language when it comes to Seth Rollins or the dictionary of Seth Rollins only has three words burn it down, take it away, you have nothing. He's DT's totally right. I agree with you. There is no connection. Someone was arguing with me about that. What are you talking about? It's one of the most popular people. I'm like, do you understand connection has nothing to do with popularity? Means that you can connect to the fans. Seth Rollins, it's just not, you, you just don't see that, right, DT? You can't see Seth Rollins throwing himself into the fans or, like, you know, going up against, like, the fans, like the way uh, Tommy Dreamer used to do it and stuff and have the fans pat him on the back and everything. Seth is not that type of guy. He just, I mean, and listen, that's not his personality. I understand that. I understand he's a very reserved type of guy. It's hard for him to be gregarious and outgoing and be like, he really have to phony it up, but I don't think it's within him to do that. Listen, it's not within Reigns to do it either. I think Dean Ambrose might have it in him to do that. But um, Seth Rollins is not that guy when it comes to that. And I don't know if, like John Cena, John Cena panders to the fans, and you can't really tell if it's genuine or not because Cena is such a good actor. He really is, but Seth can't pull it off. He has a real connection problem. Yeah, without Burn It Down DT, he's fucked in that ring with a, with a chant yeah. or for anything. They, they like the Burn It Down thing. Outside of that, what does he got? Yeah, I mean, you know, every time I hear Michael Cole go, the Beast Slayer, you know, it just... Yeah. I want to just fucking take a like a, a hammer and just fucking hit Seth Rollins in the face with it or Michael Cole in the teeth. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. You know, it's like, okay, you beat Brock Lesnar once. Okay, you beat Brock Lesnar twice. The Beast Slayer. I mean, you made a comment, Kev, last week saying that Seth Rollins the new Roman Reigns. Let me yeah. tell you something. If they stay on this path, you know, because that was one thing that really angered me about Seth Rollins. I like Michael Cole as an announcer. I've defended him for many years. I used to hate him. I actually tolerate him now. But one of the things that he was obviously paid to do, but it pissed me the fuck off. Every time, you know, how some people say, you know, like every time you hear so-and-so say this, take a drink. You know, like with yeah. me recently, every time he says goofy podcast or take a shot. Every yeah. time Seth, um, Michael Cole said, the big dog, I wanted yeah. to fucking break my TV screen. You know, hearing it once in a while, that's fine. But hearing it 50,000 times in a month, I got angry. And this 
Beat Slayer, Beat Slayer, Beat Slayer. I, it's Rating Slayer. I, this, <laughs> someone, someone called him Mr. Empty Arena, Seth Rollins. I was like, what? You know, it's not he, good. He's very talented. You know, and this format, that's the thing that we talked about on Breakfast Soup, too. This new format that they're now starting to get away from, that probably hurts Seth Rollins more than anybody. Because Seth Rollins, what really got him big time over recently was that night on Raw where he wrestled for a fucking hour. Now you have these commercial breaks and you have two out of three falls and restarts and this, this and that and matches ending in 10 seconds. You know, you need to have a fucking 20, 30 minute, 40 minute fucking Broadway, whatever it is. And, you know, maybe you do have two commercial breaks, but I'm sorry. When you look at it on paper, match results a year from now, you will see Seth Rollins be blah, blah, blah in 45 minutes. Holy shit. That sounds like an awesome match. Now, because of restarts and commercial breaks and this is an ad, you know, it's winning in three minutes, five minutes, four minutes. That's not how you get Seth Rollins over. And it's hurt Ricochet quite a bit as well, in my opinion. Yeah, what happened? What's what's that outfit? You mean, night, that, you mean Nightwing? Yeah, is that his regular? Is that his regular? Is that his regular outfit? Yeah, what you guys all think of Ricochet's you outfit? That too, John. That's fucking it, awesome, dude. It's Nightwing. He's fucking Nightwing. <laughs> well, who's not? Nightwing. People who might not know who's Nightwing. Nightwing is the adult Dick Grayson after he's no longer Robin. He becomes Nightwing. It's literally his costume. Like it's <laughs> really I, I same costume. Yeah, yeah, almost the exact same costume. I d- I didn't think I could be more embarrassed for him than when he got the video of him fucking checking his own. Oil. There's a picture. But, there's uh, a picture right now. <laughs> Look at that. That is yeah. literally the costume. Oh, okay. Why is he in that? Like, why did they put him in? I mean, maybe a guy who's pegging himself shouldn't be in a bondage costume. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's got to go. Well, he's got to go physique. Well, you know what? Yeah. Like at that. least in the costume, he can't get to his asshole. No, what I'm saying the guy has like he's in sick shape. He's got a sick physique. He's got like the tattoo, all the shit they like. Like maybe dressing him like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Like it's <laughs> not true. the fucking best look for the guy. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Well, that's it. It's 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 odd that you took this guy. Who had, like you said, he, this dude has a fucking twelve pack. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's cut to shit. He looks fucking like a million bucks. He's got something going for him, and then you literally cover him head to toe. And and by the way, the last thing we need in this company is another goddamn cosplay wrestler. Yeah, with no gimmick and no like. What's what's your gimmick? I like comic books and video games. Oh, cool. All right, great. Yeah. These are the uh, tells of a very tough, intimidating man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I like to sit. And, I like to sit and read a comic book. It's like, oh God, Jesus Christ! Make them look tough, and if they're not going to look tough, at least show off the fact that they're in unbelievable shape and could maybe hurt a motherfucker with their muscles. Instead, uh, yeah, he looked like a fucking figure skater, dude. It was silly. It's silly. You know Why what? Is he out there like that. Get rid of the fucking cartoon sound effect bullet at the beginning of his entrance music. Ricochet Rabbit. Yeah. the fuck out of here. What do you guys think is worse, the bullet thing in the beginning or the creaking for Aleister Black when he's rolled up off his uh, coffin? That, the the coffin creak. Well, no, that's, here's the thing. That's all part of their idea of branding. Their idea for branding is if we can make a noise associated with you even, tremendous. If we could literally, if if you could have someone come out to the ring and beforehand it just went boyoyoying, they would be like perfect. We'll just associate them with the boyoyoying. Yeah, but most of the most of the noise we're associating with all this stuff is. I mean, like 
it's it's not working. It's dumb. Yeah. It's goofy. But the, um, but here's the thing: they got somebody yelling "burn it down" over, and they've gotten other people over doing that just something similar to it. So their idea is, let's do that for everyone, not realizing that every now and then, if it if it makes sense and it fits the person, cool. But if it doesn't, then it's it's fucking stupid and it comes off as weird. The ricochet thing, that weird noise, to me, it is what it is. I, I Honestly, uh, as silly as the suit was, I'm glad that they took the jean jacket off him at least. Where it's like, he's got this epic light show and he's supposed to be this like... Uh, by the way, we still have no idea what his character is, what his motivation is, why he's there. Other than he can do flips and he seems like a nice guy. Uh, but like having him come out in the jean jacket, I was like, is he... Is he in a metal band? Like, what's this dude's deal? Like, what's why is he coming out in a fucking jean jacket? Yeah, so, he's coming out in the same jacket Ziggler comes out in. Right. Are they in some sort of gang, denim gang that we're which, in a by the way, Which, by the way, uh, I, you, you won't catch me saying this very often, but um, I think Dolph Ziggler should have gone to New Japan. Can we all agree on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> boy, oh did, you guys, did, did you guys think that was kind of funny, though, that he wouldn't shut up and was kind of like spent but he still was calling out Goldberg there was a little humor to that it kind of reminded me of a match that I've talked about a few times recently when Undertaker fought Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy oh, after yeah, he yeah. lost Jeff Hardy got on the mic and said that you know you you know I'm not I, I'm still you know uh, standing whatever he said and Undertaker came back fucking hit Jeff Hardy again then Jeff Hardy got on the mic the second time and then Undertaker, it almost looked like a carbon copy. Undertaker came back the second time and he was going to hit Jeff Hardy, but instead he gave him that tap on the cheek like, you know what, I got to give it to you. Goldberg did the exact same thing tonight. The only difference is Goldberg ended up hitting another uh, spear anyway. But it almost looked like a carbon copy of what they did with Jeff Hardy and Undertaker. DT, was that, was that American Badass Undertaker or was that Taker when he went back to the dark side? That was Big Evil. Big evil. Okay, got it. That was big. Yeah. That's, I, that I remember. Okay. Do you know how that that exact segment felt like? Like, a, just looking back on it now, uh, everybody here that's that's talking, and probably most people that are listening right now have a sibling or many siblings, right? And they always remember watching somebody, like watching your brother or your sister, just further fuck themselves in an argument with their parents. Sure. Where they would just be like, yeah, you go to your room, you're grounded for a week. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't care. You guys, I hate you guys, all right? Now it's two weeks. And you're like, dude, just stop. What? Oh, like on uh, the Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, with yeah. Uh, Judd Member, how many weeks detention he got? Yeah, you know? just keep... You're just you got another one. You want another one? You got yeah. it. No, <laughs> it's, 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 when I did that to my parents growing up, I never even said any words. I would keep it very, very brief and to the point. When they would say to me, I don't care, you're still going your room, you know what I would say? Mm, mm. And I would just oh, go, with my, I would put my hands on my shoulders and go, eh, eh. you ever see like little kids do that? Like, you know, I told you, don't shut up, go to your room. And I, eh. That's what I would do. I wouldn't even fucking say anything. But yeah, it's like, probably should have done that. It's like somebody. It's like somebody who loses like a horrible argument, and right. is still trying to bring up points. And people are like, listen, quit by your head. You know, just move on, move on, let it go, let it go. That's what it seemed like with Dolph Ziggler. But you want to know something? If you notice, WWE does that sometimes in house shows where somebody will lose a match, and then they'll get on the mic and they'll demand to have a restart, and then they lose the second match. 
They did that with Chavito many times in the past. They did it with others. I demand a restart. That I demand to Sami Zayn. I think they did that not too long ago. I demand the restart. Two out of three, and then they would lose the second match again. But, you know, it was what it was. I, I was completely fine with Goldberg. If, if anything, of everything tonight, as weird as it sounds, based on the intense debate and discussion we've had so far, the two things that stand out to me, I hate to say it, Goldberg, Ziggler, because I really needed, I, I needed WWE to right that wrong because, yeah. because of everything with Owens and the Universal title and the 24 and him coming back and, you know, fixing, you know, the way he went out the first time around in WWE. and needed all of that to end on a high note. You know, anybody could have a bad match, but on the Internet, especially social media, that will spread like a cancer. And they needed to fucking eliminate that cancer by having Goldberg be dominant on TV. The second thing was Trish Stratus uh, really putting on a great performance because it's not just Trish, but I, I said this many times recently, you know, I look back to the NWA and I look back at that insane roster they had and no matter what they were able to have a match almost every week with Ric Flair in it. The fact that you have this women's roster, two fucking brands, not even one, but two fucking brands and you can't figure out what to how to use Charlotte on TV? It's almost like they ran into the trap with New Day. You know, with New Day, oh, you know, uh, let's move on with the tag titles. Let's consider AOP. Let's consider heavy machinery. Let's consider the fucking Viking Jets or whatever the fuck they are. And then what happens? Oh, you know what? Let's go back to what we we feel comfortable with. Let's give New Day the tag titles again. And all the other fucking tag teams lose their momentum. And it's, it feels the same thing with Charlotte. It's like, okay, we can't put Charlotte with Bailey right now. We can't put Charlotte with Sasha Banks right now. We can't put Charlotte with fucking Becky Lynch right now, especially Becky Lynch after the feud from last year. So what do we do with Charlotte? Put her against Dana Brooke? Put her against Ember Moon? Put her against fucking Glow? You know, put her against fucking Natty, there's nobody. They they can't figure out how to go past about three or four women on that card. So the fact that they gave Charlotte, to me, the most high-profile match tonight amongst the women, because Bailey versus Ember Moon, even though they put on a decent match, to me, it fell flat. To me, it <laughs> felt like this is they're holding a spot for Sasha Banks to come back, turn heel, Man. attack Bailey, and have a few You're with Bailey. That was Ember Moon out there tonight? I thought that was just darker Sarah Logan. I like. I was going to say, what you guys, what do you guys think of the match? I mean, what what you guys it think? It was okay. That? It was okay. I, I, honest to God, uh, I love Bailey. I will go to bed for Bailey as much as humanly possible. Bad, I will bad or bed. Oh, either one. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I dig her. I dig. Her. I've always dug Bailey. Yeah. And you know, it's it's become increasingly harder to stand up for the girl. But what? Not necessarily because of her performances, but because of what she's had to work with. But what makes me so sad is watching these matches now, and I find myself going, "Where are these? Where is this Bailey character that got her over originally so much? Yeah. Where the matches are good, they make sense, they're fun to watch, but that very like lovable." sweet kind of innocent per like like i understand you wanted to grow she can't be sitting there as champion like oh i'm just a widow girl and fucking don't know my ass from my elbow but yeah. that was the, the that 
character, that those personality traits are really what made her special. I gave, and, I'll give you the answer. Okay. The answer is, is that when Bailey was up and coming, I don't think, even though a lot of us rooted for her, I don't think anybody thought that she really had a legitimate chance of really breaking through. She was extremely talented, very, very, you know, uh, just a genuinely wonderful person. Everybody loved her. And, you know, the chase of making it to the main roster, the chase of actually going for the title, the chase of actually getting to the promised land, all of that built is what built Bailey. Once she got to the promised land, WWE, instead of, you know, having all that build up and chasing was gone. So what did you have left? Oh, we'll inflate these fucking tubes and have, you know, bright music and she'll give a little hug to little kids at ringside and she'll be in the ring. But once she's in that ring, it's like, okay. Um, there's nothing, it doesn't feel like anything special about her anymore. It, that, that magic is not there. I, when she debuted to the main roster, you listen to that crowd fucking really into her. They, it was almost like everybody was like patting her on the back. Like you deserve it. Congratulations on the main roster kick ass. Now she's there and WWE has just decided to make her a almost like a uh, like a, a costume of what the person is like you all of us we could fucking dress up as Bray Wyatt for Halloween but we're not Bray Wyatt it's almost like a average female women's wrestler out there on TV dressed up as Bailey and that's not because of her fault that is the way WWE has utilized her I mean well, that's it that's it too I mean like Bailey had such a defined character that was so multi layered and now it's kind of gone. And but you know, just a perfect example of that, somebody that's kind of the exact opposite of it. Can someone tell me what Ember Moon is? Like what what is she? <laughs> I, I asked that I said that the other day on Castle Chronicles. Like, I was what, like, I don't what, she she likes Hailstorm. I know she likes the band Hailstorm. But the, but like what what is she? Oh she's a Mortal Kombat type of gimmick? Is that I am the war goddess. Like but you're like five yeah, feet yeah. tall, dude. Like you're not intimidating. Like Well what? Joey, don't you remember Becky Lynch was supposed to be a steampunk character? Yeah, but at least that was something, I guess. Like, I mean, they never really, you know, built upon it. But once again, there you go. This whole, like, we're going to play to the Comic-Con crowd exclusively in our gimmicks. It's funny how she got away from, like, I'm silly orange-haired girl with goggles and became, I want to fight people and punch them in the face. And that got over more. I don't know. Maybe I'm off here. Well, you know what the problem is, too? You look at the crowd and the crowd does not fit, you know, that that niche that she is playing. You know, I was talking recently on the history show when WCW did that experiment, having Ranger Ross dress up as the Pearl, trying to replace the niche that Great Mood had left behind. Unfortunately, Ember Moon is not fitting a niche that a, a decent portion of WWE fans can relate to. I think a lot of people at ringside see her and I think people say, mommy, mommy, she needs eye drops. You know, because why, uh, why are her eyes red? You know, it's like it's it doesn't fit the mold. Um, and by the way, since you brought up Alexa Bliss, I guess they're baby faces now. Because oh, that dur- was bad. During that, that match, bad. she turned around, she looked at the fans and she's clapping like, all right, fans, you know, even though we didn't explain it, you wow. know, you know, clap. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa Bliss has spent the past six, well, more than that, almost uh, well over a year, two, two and a half, three years being like a backstabbing, deceitful bitch. 
and now tonight she's taking a hot tag. Like, what the fuck? When, what happened? What changed? Yeah. Oh, well, they're working the Iconics. So therefore, okay, so if they're working the Iconics and they're both supposed to be heels, and then on the other side, you have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who's kind of like, you know, the person in this grouping that's the one that's the most sympathetic. Clearly, it's supposed to be Nikki Cross, who's the one that is the most, she's misled. She doesn't really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it just yeah. it didn't fucking make sense to me. If you had Alexa get, what well, you can't have the, the heat get taken by precious Alexa. That just, oh, she can't be getting kicked around like that because she might fucking boggle her brain again. But no, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, so people are supposed to be excited for the Alexa Bliss hot tag well, to get in there and clean house. Like this, this chick, every, she's supposed to be a bitch. See, the problem is once again, WWE, they have done nothing to give us a reason for Alexa Bliss being a baby face, especially with right. the talking segment. You know, it's like a human Xanax. You're like, welcome to Moment of Bliss. You know, it's like, you know, could somebody <laughs> fucking just like, you know, maybe like stick a pin up her, you know, a fucking vagina and fucking get her to scream, you know, like get really, really energized. But you see Roddy Piper back in the day when he had Piper's pit and he was, you know, a clear cut heel when he came back as a baby face and was doing Piper's pit, you know, the boss is back. And he, he right. was interviewing heels. Alexa bliss has done nothing with her talk segments where you would have heels on there having confrontations with her. You have her ringside fucking drinking coffee and not doing this and blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's just now all of a sudden she turns around. Hey, everybody, uh, clap, you know, this way you get the hot tag. Oh, I, I'm in case you didn't figure it out. Now I'm playing it. And look, they could go right back to being heels tomorrow for all we know. But right. um, so they, they probably will, by the way. I don't know, but they have totally mismanaged that as well. I just, uh, I don't know. I just, well, do you think just being against the Iconics, I'm sorry, just being against the Iconics, isn't they, aren't they automatically the uh, fan favorites? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you really don't know. I mean, the Iconics, when they do their whole fucking shtick on the microphone, you know, the part of it almost feels like it's a babyface type thing because when you pause, you, you're pausing because you, you want the fans well, the fan. to fucking go along with it. So when they say, and we are, and then they pause and you hear the fans, well, you hear like a tiny percentage of the fans go, <laughs> Iconic! I mean, yeah. that's a babyface thing that you do. You don't fucking... The Iconics, please, ship them back. You know what? I, you know what? Go, I'm sorry if this is controversial, but go back to where you came from. Go Check back their to, papers. Go back to Australia. <laughs> you know. Are you saying? Wait. Are you saying that ICE should look into the Iconics? No, no. no I shouldn't look at the Iconics. But you know what? Go back to the country you came from. You know, does that wouldn't make be crazy if ICE? Wouldn't it be crazy if ICE showed up to a WWE show? And uh, I'm racist against Australians. Go back to the country <laughs> you came from. Can you imagine if, like, 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 Buddy Murphy starts getting chased by ICE agents backstage oh. and they use it as an angle? Speaking of Buddy Murphy, he got his ass kicked today. Gotta love him oh. on the main roster now. Now he got his he's, ass kicked from Eric Rowan. Keep your name out of my mouth. He's got a great. He's got. A, he's a great wrestler. Shit, look. He's got to change that look. His he's, look is he's shit. done. He's done. Yeah, he is yeah. done. Keep your name out of my mouth. I sound uh, like Andre the Giant. Keep your name out of my mouth. That sounds creepy. That new mic sounds creepy with that. <laughs> Keep your name out of my mouth. Oh my God. Out of it your is, mouth. Sounds like Andre. Sounds like there, Andre. There's a lot of people that they just, they burn them. 
You know what I mean? They're out there, they're quick, they're just, and they're just done with them. You know what I mean? I, I have no idea why Buddy Murphy was even involved in this storyline. And by the way, like having Roman chase him and beat his, like, well, what, what information do you know? I'm like, isn't Buddy Murphy also supposed to kind of be a baby face too, I think? I, I don't even know. Like, what, what, Don't you think he would just like walk into the room and be like, dude, what happened? Like, why is this the first immediate thing just beating the fuck out of him? Like, he's, it's not, like he's, he's not with Alexa anymore, I don't know. Oh, well, that's, well. Tells you something. Know. No, not that she helped anybody get over either. Not, not, not really. <laughs> so It's going to get worse, though, I think now. Uh, now, now it's, it's just going to even go further downhill. But Hey, for all we know, maybe they wanted Alexa and Buddy Murphy to be like the Seth and Becky, and they were like, nah, we'd rather just break up. She's going to move out. We're going to break up. So this way we don't have to do this. Okay. Yeah, just, just to avoid whatever they had planned for them. Like, nah, you know what? That's uh, We'd rather just see other people. All right, we're done. There was a good handful of stuff. Honestly, uh, what was it? The, the the actual opener, by the way. I don't want to not give these guys credit. Gulak Oni. and go. Yeah, Gulak and Oni had a good match. That was a good match. Yes, That's fun. Great. I, th- I, think Oni, I think Oni's the future. He's a dude. He's a talented guy. They just they got to change oh. the, that fucking name is awful. Yeah, good, it's horrible. I was good dude too. Good dude. He's from around. Oh, you know him? You met him? No, I've worked many shows with him. He's a good dude. He's from Massachusetts. Yeah, he's Boston. Oh, I thought, oh I thought he's from Europe. No, no. Boston. That's, that's, his, that's his that's his partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Danny, Danny, is, Danny. is it only Larkin's partner? Uh, he's from Europe, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. he's from there. But like, no. I mean, he's a super. He's a super talented kid. It's just, I mean, uh, is that not, his real name, Joe? That's what I call him. That? No, 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 no. This is, I believe it. I, it, it's been so long. I've been calling him Biff for fucking years. Joe, how old of a person is he? How old is he? He's got, I think he's in his early thirties at this okay. point. He's been around he's for what? 10 years, maybe? He's, yeah, he's been around for a while, for a, for a long while. But I mean, he's, he's a talented dude. Are you talking about Lorcan? Yeah, yeah Lorcan. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be 34, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, now I, was, yeah, I thought he was younger than that. Actually, I'm surprised. Yeah, he, if I remember correctly, he was born December 21st, '85. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gerard, if I remember yeah. correctly, I think I'm right. Uh, it's because I'm reading it online right now. I was going to say, did you hung out with him? <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> foot one. No, that's he's going to be 34 <laughs> in December. I'm reading it online right now. Yeah, Real name good. is Christopher Gerard. Yeah, oh, him, okay. and Gul- him and Gulak had a really good match, but you know, it's one of those things. Uh, a quarter of the building was full. What do you and, want? <laughs> and just think, if he was Puerto Rican, he would have been Gerardo Rico Suave. My fucking oh, all-time most hated fucking song in the history of life. Rico really Suave, Boricua, Rico uh, Suave. DT, DT, DT. So passed away. Uh, Paco. Oh, WKTU? WKTU, yeah, he died yesterday. I was oh, going to tell shit. you, I was going to write to you. I have so Paco Supermix. Draper, you remember Paco, WKTU? I oh, fucking love Paco, yeah. Paco Supermix. No, I was going to tell DT, I was going to write you and tell you. Someone, uh, one of our friends from DTKC show said, uh, you and DT might oh, want to know about shit. this. Oh, shit, I have so died, yeah. many. 81. K- Dude, DT was 81. Oh, that God bless him, man. I fucking yeah. have so many 92 KTU super mixes yep. that he did fucking in 80, 81, 82 Paco super mix. Latin yeah, I went on, I went on uh, YouTube that a whole bunch of oh, uh, man, stuff. Oh, man, I got to reminisce. Well, just, to tell, yeah, just tell Joey and, and uh, Mish, he's a legend here in New York. Oh, my Paco. God. So, yeah. You know, you have no idea, Mish. All, all the music that you fucking hate that I loved from 81, <laughs> 82, this guy yeah. was like the ultimate fucking... D- disco DJ Paco. Yep. Yep. Oh, 
Yeah. And he him was, and Joe Col- him and Joe Cosey, really. I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. oh I'm trying to think Freddie, what was his name? I can't remember the names right now. Freddie Martinez? No, no, I can't remember the, oh. the I, not fast Freddie. I can't remember the guy's name. There was some legends at the time in ninety two KTU. in yeah. fact I'll Google it. I'll think of, I have them all. I you the, the radio mix collection that I have is just in fucking sane. But uh, the the 92 KTU DJs, oh, man, you have to people. Yeah, they're all legends. I'm looking. Carlos de Jesus. Carlos Carlos de Jesus. Jesus. I think he passed away too, right? No, I think he's still alive. Is he still alive? Yeah, I think Carlos de Jesus is still alive. Al Bandero. Al Bandero. I remember he was a friend of Johnny's a friend of Uncle Carl's. Oh, yeah. I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. There were some some great ones. The real name was Manuel Navarro. Yeah, he was 81. Yeah. Jesus Aldo Marine was a awesome mixer as well. But Carlos de Jesus, I remember him. He was the man too. I mean that was just uh, Oh yeah, Carlos de Jesus did die. He died in two thousand and twelve. And DT, remember in eighty five, the day disco died when the station went off the air? Oh with the change the it changed format, July thirteenth, eighty five. Yeah, it became uh K Rock. Yep. 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 K-Rock. Sorry, we, sorry we got off, guys. When DT mentioned the Spanish, I was like, Paco, okay. Yeah, no, Paco is awesome. Paco, super mix. So, does everybody think that next month Randy Orton's going to win the title from Kofi? It's got to uh, happen, right? Like, just go heading into, you know... I thought so, because he was the bigger name to go into the to New Deal uh, with the network in fall. I just thought that they weren't going to keep it on Kofi. They wanted to go to more I, outside yeah, mainstream guys. I it's got to be somebody. Brock Lesnar. Oh, God. Oh, that's, an, <laughs> that's an idea. Why not take the other title? That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even think of that. Brock Lesnar fucking F5 him to infinity. F5 him fucking to Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not back that to Ghana, happened? just to Ghana. You know, I mean, because he was just there. Send him back there. Go through go through the smoke and put him through those mirrors. Exactly. Yeah. F5 him to fucking, I don't care. F5 him to AEW, actually. F five, no, you know. Look, I I'm very very happy that Coffee won the title, and I will keep saying this till infinity. Um, WWE just totally fucking just handled his title reign horribly. Coffee tried; he really fucking tried. Um, but you go back and you look at his title fucking reign, and it was just not good at all. I mean, you know, he, he put in the effort, but. The energy, it just wasn't there. There's only so many times I could hear, you know, I wasn't supposed to be in this position and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't fit the mold and my family loves me and this is the greatest moment in my life other than being married to my kids. All right. Yeah. And so is 15,000 other wrestlers throughout their lives, you know. I I love, you know, and, you know, thank you, Bargain, because you you did what I was just joking with the guys uh, PMing them. Um when I made the comment about the Iconics going back to Australia earlier, I, I PM'd them and I said, I'm going to do that with coffee and see how people react. Right away, people all fucking come out of the woodwork calling me a racist. Aha! You fucking didn't say a word when I said it about the Iconics, but because I say it about coffee, you fucking are. You just, you, you are a bargain basement fucking goof. Seriously. And I say that with love, but there's a lot of goofs out there. That is true. A lot of goofs. You know, selective ra- selective outrage. Proven once again. Mish, is your mic working? Is Mish, Mish on? Yeah, I've been on. Okay. Uh, no, I thought, no, I thought I saw something when your mic was broken. Yeah, because every time I talk, I just can't get through. It's no big deal. Oh, look ahead. Take the floor. No, that's all right. 
<laughs> oh my god okay what's the next uh topic let's see this well i think the only match that we didn't i don't know i think we talked about pretty much every match i don't know which one we missed the kofi kingston the randy one uh oh the only one we didn't get to talk about was shane was the shane and kevin owens match well, we talked about the uh, the reaction. I guess Kevin Owens got the he brought up. He got a great pop. But uh, what'd you guys think of the match in general, Mitch? Why don't you take it? Kick it off. How, how, what'd you think of the match itself? Keep your name out of my mouth. <laughs> anybody, did anybody hear me? What's this? Did anybody hear me? Keep your name out of my mouth, Mitch. Is Mitch there? Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's still there. Yeah. No, I mean the the, the match itself. I mean. Uh, Shane is just, I mean, it was bad. Shane looks terrible out there. I don't think there's any real fucking reason for Shane to be, uh, well, that, that, that was, he's the only guy that I've seen get more and more matches and more and more TV time and somehow get worse and worse in the ring. And I don't know if it's, if what it is, if it's age, if it's just, you know, him not being able to do it anymore or whatever it might be, but he's looking worse every time he gets in there i don't know man it's it's not it's no bueno shane was sweating a lot less than i noticed yeah <laughs> yeah shane was not he was not uh looking his best doesn't but once again it's, it doesn't really particularly surprise not that shane was ever particularly a guy that was supposed to have these types of types of matches that's why he was the brawl guy that's why he was the guy that did the fucking bumps you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be the guy that's in there having you know, long, lengthy bouts. But hey, you know that's what they, that's what they tried to do. It, it worked. It was a little overbooked. I felt a couple too many spots with Elias. But all's well that ends well. People were happy, and uh, yeah, that's it. Is what it is. Draper, what did you think of uh, Owens versus McMahon? Uh, I, I'm I'm good with not seeing Shane anymore. I, like I'm just I don't need to see it. Like the novelty is completely worn off. All it does is take a spot from. Somebody that's uh, you know that, that that you might be able to build on and and create a character, you know they give Shane too much. Honestly, I just think that it's it's enough. It does. It, I don't think it means as much to the crowd as it did a year and a half ago. No, no. This, you can't. Once again, you can't see too much of somebody. You can't give somebody too much time, and that, that was it. Remember, this dude came out to a absolutely massive reception. People were fucking thrilled to see him, mm-hmm. and look how quickly it went down. That's, that's all the time it takes. It's, even if uh, what, whatever you consider a good thing, too much of a good thing, and eventually people are going to get sick of it, especially with wrestling fans who tend no, to I, be quite fickle. <laughs> I agree. Mesh, what did you think about it? Keep your name out of our mouth. Why are you saying that? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I, I passed my time to Mitch. I, I'm pretty much all talked out for the rest of the night. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying. I'm, I, I'm, I didn't know if Mitch couldn't hear me. I think he can. Mish, Mish, Mish what do you think of it? Uh, maybe he stepped away. Okay. DT, what's, what's your opinion? And is this over with Shane McMahon? Is this it? Um, You know, I just, the Shane McMahon, you know, the merry-go-round with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens and Elias just seems to go round and round and round and... You know, it's it's okay. I mean, look, I I have said many times before, I don't mind me a little bit of Shane McMahon on TV. 
I think he is one of those few people. A lot of people seem to forget the fucking guy almost died in a helicopter accident. I mean, he, uh-huh. you, know, you fucking a helicopter crashed in the middle of the fucking Long Island Sound and the guy almost died. You know, the guy is out there. He doesn't need to be. He's obviously doing it, I think, for his kids so they could see him a little bit. And plus, you know, we don't know how many years the guy actually has left in the ring, especially when he keeps doing these super moves once in a while. Um, I think he probably has been the most successful heel during the feud with Roman Reigns. Um, you look at a lot of heels who tried to get Roman Reigns clearly over as the gigantic baby face. I think leukemia was the only other heel that could do that. Um, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Fans got behind it. Uh, it wasn't a bad match, but, you know, it's... What do you do with Shane McMahon next? I don't know. Um, who does he fuck with next? I don't know. Uh, where does Kevin Owens go from here? I don't know. Um, I just don't want to keep seeing this merry-go-round with Drew McIntyre and Elias and Shane. You know, just keep going round and round and round. First it was Roman Reigns. Now it's Kevin Owens. And it's like whoever they feud with, it's like, okay, you get the menage a trois. You know, I think, you know, people need to branch out a little bit. I mean, Elias, I don't know, man. It's a little odd. I mean, his segments with the guitar are awesome. But if you take away the guitar segments, has he had any memorable match yet? No, he hasn't at all. You know what I mean? And and he looks like he could really do it in the ring. Not five-star performance, but he can go. It's just you take away the guitar and it's like, okay, this is how you've mapped Elias's career the last couple of years. Take away the fucking music. And what do you got in the ring? You know, you don't have much. And I think, you know, the music is still over and the insults are great, but there's got to be a little bit more. And, you can, and that's why Elias has to piggyback off of Shane McMahon and others because, you know, all he has right now, it seems, is just the talking segments and that bullshit brief load of being a 24-7 champion. Yeah, they don't have much room. Yeah. Well, I think we hit all the bases, gentlemen. Yeah, I think so. I thought I thought the pay-per-view was great on a scale of 1 to 10. I gave it a solid 7. I mean, I, I don't think it deserves to be any higher, in my opinion, but I think a 7 is better than average. I thought the matches that were good were great. Um, I will say that Toronto fans... We're getting criticized early in the night for not being that energetic, but I thought I heard more This Is Awesome chants tonight than I've seen on a WWE pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania in recent memory. I thought it was good overall. And you know what? The Street Profit Mm -hmm. segment with Ric Flair, I liked it because Ric Flair, he looks so frail, and anytime you get to see him smile another time live, you know, is always a good thing. And I'm really enjoying the Street Profit segments because, you know, the people are getting acclimated to them. They're becoming household names with regular WWE fans. And they don't need to go out in the ring and do anything right now. They just do their little skit. And by the way, I was going to save this for yet for tomorrow, but I think I figured out why they even did this segment with Kern Angle last week with the milk and everything else. Last week was the anniversary. I don't know if it's seven years, but last week, almost to the day, was the anniversary that Kurt Angle uh, has been, you know, alcohol-free. He's been sober. 
So I think that day or the next day was the anniversary of it. And Kurt Angle takes that anniversary very, very seriously. That's why they were teasing him. You're like, have one. And he's like, no, 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 I can't. I don't want to drink. And he's like, have one. And it was milk. So I think that was all little play on the fact that uh, he was celebrating his sobriety, which I think was awesome. But I like the Street Profit segment today. I thought it was great. Okay, Joe. What did you think of uh, overall? Would you rank uh, the? What would you rank the uh, pay per view scale one to ten? Around there, probably about a six. Draper, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with six. It was actually better than I thought it was gonna be, but you know, I, I the the Kofi match, wrong guy won. The Brock match, wrong guy won. You, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. there were some definitely weird issues with the crowd, but uh, you know, I don't know. I have to pontificate it over a little more, but I'm gonna say a six. Um, try again. Mish, what did you think of the, the pay-per-view? One to ten. Nothing? Some, someone want to imitate Mish and make it up? <laughs> Keep am, I miss, am, I, am I missing something here? I, I, is this like a joke? Am I missing something? No. I'm, I'm missing something here. Okay. Well, Keep my name out of your mouth. And you're on the show. It's a, oh, his mic is broken, someone's telling me? Okay. Um, I will give it a, probably a six, too. I'll say it's a six. I would give it a, a six on a scale of one to ten. Uh, favorite match, DT. Favorite match and worst, best match, worst match for you, DT. Um, I really got into Charlotte Trish. I I I agree with Joey that uh, Trish her selling was very um, underappreciated tonight. Uh, you know the just you could see that the referee was confused, like Joey said. I thought it really told a nice story. And um, that's something you don't see as much, especially with the women anymore. The women, it's all about screaming and, you know, just it's, it's sometimes you tell the best psychology without saying a word. And uh, to me, that was probably the match I enjoyed the most. Uh, Kevin Owens, I enjoyed as well, simply because Kevin Owens, I think, is just doing great right now. Worst match for me, Kofi versus Randy Orton. You know, to have it end... In, I think it was a double disqualification. Kofi still retaining the championship. I didn't think Kofi was losing the title. But as I said at the beginning, I really thought that if there was going to be a breakout match where we could say, you know what, Kofi is a fucking legit, you know, WWE heavyweight champion. You know, it just, I don't know, man. It, uh, I remember how people felt shortly after Rey Mysterio became the WWE heavyweight champion. Um, the Kofi reign has been very disappointing, um, not because of lack of effort, but I just, the way that match, and it had its great points. I mean, the RKO was fucking great that, uh, off the Kofi off the top rope, there was a lot of good points, but just the outcome after, and then, you know, Kofi right in front of his little kids with the fucking Singapore cane. Like, oh, we've never seen Kofi have this the, this attitude before. Yes, you did. You fucking see him give middle fingers and all this other stuff. But it was just funny how the big family man takes out a Singapore cane and starts beating the fuck out of somebody right in front of his little kid. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm about to, yeah, I pretty much agree on both of those picks. I was going to say, Joe, what was your favorite match and worst yeah. match? About this, I think DT's pretty much nailed it on that. Okay. Draper? Uh, my favorite match? Ugh, that's tough. I don't really know. Maybe, uh, you know what? I didn't, I, the, the Ricochet-AJ match wasn't terrible. I just don't understand, like, I, I don't know. I don't understand what they're doing to Ricochet. I didn't hate, I, that was probably one of my more my favorite matches. I have a real issue with the two, ti- the big title matches. 
Yeah. I don't understand the finishes of either one of them. They don't make any sense. Um, this is the second, supposedly, isn't this the second biggest show of the year? And we had how many title changes? Anybody want to count? <laughs> None, one. right? One. So, so, one. one. What one? We had one. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Well, we had one. I don't know. I just expected more title changes, but I would give the overall show a six. Um, but there's really nothing here I would watch again. Yeah, I don't. You know, the funny thing is, honestly, I don't have a favorite match tonight. I, don't, I really don't. I mean, I, my the match I like the least. I have to stand up for my sucked comment. Was Becky versus uh, Natty was the match I like the least. I didn't really have a favorite. I mean, Trisha wasn't bad and stuff. I just wanted her to get a better reaction. I never said it wasn't good. Um, and the, I didn't. I was disappointed to see Seth get the belt back. I thought. His momentum was shot, and they just, again, they're going to go with, they're going to put the gas behind Seth again. I was kind of surprised, that's all. Uh, but I would give it a solid six. I, it was okay. I enjoyed the last pay-per-view much better. Yeah, happy birthday, Cameron Martino. And uh, my, apologies, oh, yeah, yeah. my apologies to Mish for me, for my part of hogging the mic a little bit tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, Mish. I, didn't you know, even, I you, swear to God, I don't even know what's going on. No, I, no I you want to know something? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I want to just say this really quick, you know, just to try to make a little bit of an excuse for it. And um, Kev will vouch for me and Mish will vouch for me, maybe just not right now, but uh, about an hour and a half, two hours into the pay-per-view, um, I had seen the comment online that Mish said, oh, the Fivers were going to do it tonight. And I said, oh, really? Okay, I'm, I'm good with that because I was preparing for just Kevin and I. In fact, I'd even made a tweet saying that I was going to do a little role reverse. I was just going to react on, you know, Kevin's thoughts on some of the matches tonight, just kind of mix it up a little bit. So literally within 40 minutes of going live, I was prepped to do a, a two-man a two show tonight. And, right. you know, obviously I, because of doing a two-man show, I'm used to talking a lot more and I don't get into the habit of abbreviating my thoughts all that much. And that's on me. That's solely on me. And, you know, once I start talking, a lot of times I don't shut up and it's not intentional. It's just because I'm always used to doing solo shows or one man shows and I got to keep my mouth shut a lot more. That's on me. So I don't. I don't think anybody did. And listen, I I was a little bit of a hothead at the beginning of the night too, and I apologize to you guys too. I mean, I'm. I just had a bad day today. It has nothing to do with any of you guys. Yeah, and Tay um, Tay Lou, go suck my dick. Okay, Tay Lou, because the yeah, apology guy, wasn't about myself. The apology is explaining myself, dickhead. I, I'm not throwing any of my teammates under the bus ever, so it's not going to happen. So don't try and come in and start and, and try and put one guy against the other here. I hate that. I hate when people try to do that. This is a family. We have little things here and there. We all have our days. But, uh, yeah, Mish, I apologize, too, if I was talking too much. And, uh, you know, I would never disrespect you. And uh, sorry to you guys, too. I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Draper and Joe, you still there? Yeah, any yeah, final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm just listening. Yeah, any final uh, thoughts before we call it? Uh, 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 what was was the pre-show just a one match? No, we had uh, Becky. Uh, no, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross defending the titles. We had um, we had Buddy Murphy. We had Buddy Murphy against right. uh, Apollo Cruz. We also had, oh, that's right. Okay, uh, Oni Lorcan uh, okay. versus um, uh, what's his face? Um, I'm drawing blanks right now. Fucking Gulak, Drew Gulak. Okay. So we actually had three matches. Um, I was a little surprised that the women were defending in titles because they announced on TV, uh, not on TV, and they announced on social media early today, if I remember correctly, that Becky and Alexa, uh, I don't know why I keep saying Becky, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were going to defend the titles of Raw against the Kabuki Warriors. 
So, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe they will give the belts to Kabuki Warriors after all. And then next thing you know, they're having a tag title match on the pre-show. It almost felt like, okay, uh, maybe this wasn't expected, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we had three matches. Oh, yeah, I missed the pre-show. But, uh, yeah. It's just a Moving very on. long night. It was just a very long night. I mean, it's, it's all in night. six. It was, it was long. You know, plus, you know, the, everybody knows what's going on in the personal life over here. So that just totally consumed me all weekend. Then trying to throw in fucking two podcasts and, you know, Mission I killing it with seven hours of podcasts during the week. And, you know, the last show Monday solo, you know, my mouth hasn't stopped talking. So everybody's got stuff going on, but it's no reflection on anybody's relationships here or whatever. Yeah. Um, everybody's good. I'm not, I'm fine with everybody. I don't have a problem. With yeah. No, it's um, just heated, I, I love, all, I love all you guys. And I'm sorry. Again, I feel, I love Mish. I don't want him to ever feel like we were over shooting him on anything. Right? No, nah, it's on me. You know? That's totally on me. I power talk a little bit too much. All right, guys. So, again, you know, thank you guys for everybody for coming on tonight. Thanks everybody in the, the chat for listening. Uh, of course, we'll be back tomorrow night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I took the show off with the Paco thing. I just I forgot that we're on a show about uh, SummerSlam. I could have saved Paco for tomorrow night, so I apologize for that. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right, guys. It was great, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. Take DT, care. I'll catch you tomorrow. All right. Later, everybody. All right. All right later. Good night. Moon Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Tune Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia.